Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca, and today is Friday, February 24th. 2023, the Feast of St. Matthias. St. Matthias was chosen to replace Judas Iscariot in the College of the Twelve Apostles. He preached the gospel in Cappadocia in the regions bordering the Caspian Sea, and he suffered martyrdom in present-day Ethiopia. St. Matthias was chosen to be the anti-Judas, the apostle of detachment from material goods, of honesty and loyalty. He left a statement regarding the kind of combat we should make against the vices of the flesh. St. Matthias saw in the example of his divine master the correct tendencies of the flesh and took pleasure in the exquisite things in life, with temperance giving each the correct place it deserved for the glory of God, without any concession to evil. Praise be to God. What a wonderful, wonderful saint. St. Matthias, pray for us. Joining us today is going to be our president later at the 7 o'clock Central Time Hour, uh, Sammy Rodriguez Jr. is going to be joining us on the show to do what? But to give away a brand new Mercedes-Benz CLA 250 and polar white. All of this is going to be happening at the 7 o'clock hour. So make sure you stay tuned all the way till then because that's when we'll be giving away a brand new car and you could be the winner. So you have to stay tuned to find out. It'll be sometime between 7 and 7.15 is when we are, going, we are going to be drawing the name of the winner of that Mercedes-Benz. So make sure you tune in. It's going to be very exciting. And thank you to everyone who prayed for to St. Anthony for my lost missile. I, I found it. That's pretty awesome. Uh, so I will actually be saying a novena to everybody who, uh, for everybody who, who prayed to St. Anthony for my lost missile. I appreciate that. It means a lot to me, so I found it. Praise be to God. But uh, good morning to you, Tito Edwards. Good morning, Adrian. What a great day it is. It's Friday, the end of the week. Amen, amen. It's a glorious day. I'm very happy for the end of the week. I'm going to be able to sleep. I'm going to go take a long nap. I was uh, One of my buddies, actually, he asked me to join him on his uh, show yesterday, yesterday evening. And so I hopped on, and the show went until 11.30 p.m. My goodness. So I was up pretty late last night, uh, so I'm very much looking forward to a nap tonight. Well, you look good, buddy. I Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Someone thinks so. Someone has to think so at some point, just statistically, right? Yep. Um, but at 15 past the hour, we're going to be discussing some updates on the Ohio situation. And did, did you hear that Donald Trump went to Ohio? Mike, yeah, he beat Biden to, the, to Ohio, and he beat uh, Pete Buttigieg as well. Yeah. That's incredible. So we're going to talk about that at 15 past the hour, at 30 past the hour, and maybe you might get start the conversation at 15 past the hour because it's a big topic. The Abrahamic houses in the Abu Dhabi document, why this might be worse than the Pachamama incident. It might be worse. I'm not sure, but I'm leaning towards it probably is worse. Uh, so we're going to discuss that at 15.30 past the hour. We, we'll see. We might we might dip our toes into it at the 15 past the hour segment. And then, of course, in the next hour, we're going to be playing our game Fear and Trembling. And that's going to happen at 15 past the next hour. 
at the seven o'clock hour. Uh, but Tito, do you have any plans for the weekend? Yes, I do. I'm going to be uh, volunteering out at uh, a food uh, shelter tomorrow morning, and then uh, going to have a celebration of a friend's uh, birthday. Oh, that's neat. Yes. That's awesome. Praise be to God. Are you, what are you all doing for their birthday? I'm assuming you're going scuba diving? Uh, yes, we're going to go scuba diving in our dreams, and right. then when we wake up <laughs> early in the morning to volunteer, later that day we'll have... Uh, uh, rat, uh, Berry Hill. Berry Hill. Is yes. that a, what is Berry Hill? Mexican food. Oh, Mexican food. Yes, okay. sir. Okay. Very good. Very good. Uh, that, I appreciate a good, uh, a good Mexican dish myself, but that sounds like a blast. I'm trying to think, what am I doing this weekend? Tomorrow, uh, I was asked by a friend of mine if I would record the audio for his wife's senior concert because she's graduating with her master's degree in sacred music. And so he was like, hey, Adrian, can you come and record the audio for the um, for the music concert? And I said, absolutely. So tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon, I suppose I'll be doing that. So that'll be very exciting. And then other than that, I think that's the only thing I'm doing. I don't think I'm doing anything today. I don't think I'm doing anything Sunday. So it might be a relaxing weekend. Otherwise, I'm excited for it. Don't you head early to mass on Sunday? Eh, well, I don't know. I may go to wake up a little late. Good we'll for see. you. We'll you see. deserve it. I may I may wake up at like nine. That that would that would be considered late for, for yes, me. Yes, that's sleeping in for yeah. you. So we'll see. We see we'll see how it goes. But let's jump in prayer. We'll pray for your intentions. We'll pray for whatever it is that you have going on this weekend. And I'd like to know what you have going on this weekend. Join us in our comment section on our social media feeds to let us know. But we'll be praying for whatever it is you have going on in your life. We'll be praying for the salvation of souls, liberty, and exaltation of Holy Mother Church, for our friends, family, and benefactors, and all those that we promise to pray for. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headline news with Tito Edwards. Today is Wednesday, February 23rd, and these are your headlines for today. The San Diego Union-Tribune reports a lawsuit accuses Cardinal McElroy of fraudulently transferring assets to foil sex abuse liability. Earlier this month, Cardinal McElroy announced that the diocese is considering bankruptcy. In 2019, under McElroy's leadership, the diocese transferred 291 properties into real estate holding companies, according to the lawsuit. The total tax assessed value of those properties is $453 million dollars. And transferring the assets to the holding companies, one for each individual parish, lowered the potential amount of money the clergy abuse plaintiffs could receive from the diocese in any settlement. Catholic World News reports a German diocese promoted St. Valentine's Day with blessings of a photo of a homosexual couple kissing. The Diocese of Aachen Queer Inclusive Promotion of Blessings for Couples is likely attributable to the local bishop Helmut Dieser who is a notable advocate for the church to evolve evolve its understanding of LGBTQ plus issues. 
according to New Ways Ministry, which descends from Catholic teaching on homosexuality, on same-gender blessings specifically, Deezer challenged the Vatican's ban on them, saying priests and other pastoral ministers should be guided by their consciences when deciding on whether to bless couples. On, uh, on another note, my thinking is, I'd like to add some commentary, every time I roll into a church, I know I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. But what you do behind the doors in a bedroom, apparently you're not a sinner when you come in. Anyways... The Associated Press reports the Pope, fina- the Pope nationalized the Vatican assets and property in a new form. In his own initiative, called the Motu Proprio, Pope Francis has issued an apostolic letter declaring that the assets and property of the dicasteries of the Roman Curia and related entities are the assets and property of the Holy See itself. Entitled Il Diritto Nativo, Otherwise, the native right in English, the letter on the patrimony of the Apostolic See, dated February 20, made public three days later. Vatican News published all the experts on their website. I'm Tito Edwards, and these are today's headlines through a Catholic lens. Thank you, Tito, for keeping us up to date. Uh, the gospel of the day is actually a really long gospel. Uh, so well, let's get into it. Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 through 15. Then John's disciples came to him and asked, How is it that thy disciples do not fast when we and the Pharisees fast so often? To them, Jesus said, Can you expect the men of the bridegroom's company to go mourning while the bridegroom is still with them? No, the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them. Then they will fast. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Cornelius Lapide, commenting on the Gospel of the Day, says, Mourn for fast, because in mourning men fast, and fasting makes men sad, just as, on the contrary, food and wine make men jovial and cheerful. The meaning is, it is not wonderful, is it not wonderful, that my disciples do not mourn and fast whilst they are enjoying me and my nuptials. For at a wedding, modest banquets are becoming fasting is unbecoming. But the son of the servant, that is my servant, John the Baptist, who leads an austere life to bring men to repentance and imposes the burdensome law of Moses upon his followers, because it is still binding grief and fasting. I say become them, for they, by means of sorrow and austere deeds of penance, are preparing the way for sinners to the joyful marriage supper of the bridegroom, Christ. But Christ shall die and be taken from them. And then shall his disciples mourn and fast. He alludes to the ancient custom of mourning for the dead, accompanied by fasting. Thus the Hebrews mourned for Saul, fasting seven days. Christ here intimates that novices in the faith and in religious orders must be gently and blandly treated as being tender but children in spirit, until they become matured in virtue, lest they should despair or forsake the path of virtue on which they have entered. Thus, St. Pachamias, who received the rule of his order from an angel, directed novices to be instructed in it for three years, even as Christ fed his apostles with milk and instructed them in a school for three years. That's very important to note that we don't try to give everything to everybody all at once. That's why there's a little bit of a bringing into the full fold, right? Whenever someone becomes Catholic, they have to go through RCIA. They kind of get little bits of the faith at a time. 
Dolan doesn't say, all right, here's everything all at once and lays it down and says, all right, we're going to be doing a, a intense fasting season. Uh, the second you come into the church, you know, you come into the church in Easter and then you have live out the faith leading forward to a period where things become more rigorous. The same thing is true whenever we preach the faith and especially to our children and to what it gives example here of people in religious life. The novices are, have a easier life than the professed brothers. It's a very common occurrence. Uh, well, nowadays, it's pretty easy for everyone. But anyway, we are here reminded of that ancient good abbot who used to receive his guests to dine before the canonical hour for reflection. When asked the reason, he said, fasting, my brethren, is always with me. But since I'm about to send you away, I cannot have you with me always. Since therefore I receive Christ in you, I ought to refresh you. And when I shall have set you on your way, I shall be able by myself to make up for deferring my fasting. So Cassian and Suppolis relate. That's another interesting point because the Dominican friars traditionally could not eat meat all year round. They, in the priories, in their homes, they could not eat meat. In fact, they were mostly vegan. But whenever they went to travel, when they were on mission, they were allowed to eat whatever was given to them. Because there is a period where you're at home and you're ready and you're departing that you can actually fast. You can set these things aside. But charity receives all things. So whenever they are out and about and with the people, then they no longer fast. They no longer uh, are abstaining from different things. He continues, moreover, after Christ's death, the apostles often fasted. See, they fasted after Christ's death, oftenly, not just before his resurrection, not just before the ascension, but oftenly, and suffered from hunger and thirst, as St. Paul relates in 2 Corinthians 11. So in the life of St. Peter, we read that he did severe penances and ate only bread with olives. Hence, also in the Eastern Church, says St. Epiphanius, Christians fast on Wednesdays and Fridays, so they still do in Greece and Poland and Holland. This is very good practice. Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. How, think about that. If you haven't chosen your Lenten penance, maybe, and you're trying to do something, you're like, I can't do a fast every day. What about fasting Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays? Wednesday for the day that our Lord was betrayed. Fridays for the day our Lord was crucified. And Saturday for the day that our Lord remained in the tomb. Those are good days to fast and meditate upon those mysteries. The last thing I want to say here is that Jerome says, When Christ the bridegroom departed from us on account of sins, then especially must grief and fasting be undergone. Have you ever committed a sin? I mean, I know I have. And because of that, I want to fast and do penance to make sure that I make up for my sins and my offenses against God and man. We'll be right back with more Catholic Drive Time after this short break. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network.
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Can you really say you know what praying the rosary is all about? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, listen to the who's who of the rosary. We have the Blessed Trinity. We have the Angel Gabriel. We have the Virgin Mary. We have John the Baptist. And we have Elizabeth. So how's that for a cast of sacred ones? Secondly, reflection. While saying the rosary, we reflect on 20 primary and sacred moments that occur in the lives of the Holy Family. And thirdly, the rosary dynamics. Here's how you involve this cast of holy ones in praying the rosary. You first invoke the three persons of the Blessed Trinity. Then, on to praying the Apostles' Creed. Then you will pray in Our Father. Then you will recite the angel Gabriel's words to Mary. Then you'll recite what Mary said to Elizabeth. And then you will relive John the Baptist being filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb. Then you will ask for Mary's assistance in your life. And I'm so glad to say none of that is idolatry. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. And, you know, I feel really bad for Ohio. The people there are suffering so greatly. I've been hearing reports of people saying that they can the air smells strange, that the water has a weird tint to it. And when there's video out, and you can look it up and see it yourself, where the water changes color if you drop a rock in it because the chemicals just start bubbling up. It's very concerning. These hazardous chemicals, people are saying that they are probably going to last for months and months and months. It's very concerning. And the mayor of the, or not the mayor, rather, the governor, it came out the Pennsylvania Democratic Governor Josh Shapiro announced on Wednesday that his office made a criminal referral over a lack of cooperation from Norfolk Southern, the company at the center of the train derailment and subsequent chemical fallout in East Palestine, Ohio. You're thinking, okay, why is the governor of a different state doing that? We have to realize that this is not just affecting Ohio. This is affecting the entire country. Uh, but especially the the surrounding the surrounding states. Yep, Pennsylvania borders Ohio, and right near the border where the chemical spill occurred is where <clears throat> the contamination is taking place. On on the topic that you just mentioned earlier, I saw a short video of, of the senator from Ohio visiting a stream in the contaminated area. He just touched the top of the river stream with his finger, and instead of ripples bubbles started coming up through the surface. It was crazy. Absolutely. And Ted Cruz came out. He was uh, very upset about this whole situation, understandably, as we all should be, and we all should be praying for the people there. And if you have any suggestions of how we can help the people of Ohio, I'd be curious. I, You know, these it's such a horrible situation. This is our backyard. This is exactly why are we giving money to foreign aid? Why, when we have so many problems at home. I think about this because we have a principle of subsidiarity where we should take care of things that are closer to us before we take care of things that are farther away from us. And just like if you have your son is starving in your house, you shouldn't go and feed the poor because your first obligation is to your son. Amen. And that's the a, a necessary thing. Uh, Ted Cruz said, look, it's ridiculous that Joe Biden has not been to East Palestine yet. He said, you literally have an American city with a major derailment that was on fire, where the water is being poisoned, where the air is being poisoned. 
where it is going on for multiple days. And this administration does not, let me replace that with care. Uh, this is a very big deal. It's very concerning. And he also goes on, which I thought was kind of funny. What does Pete Buttigieg need to do to get fired? <laughs> like in the history of this county, has there ever been a transportation secretary who has <laughs> screwed things up more than this? From his first year in office, a supply chain crisis that impacted the entire country that made it hard to get basics and essentials. I think uh, if P Pete Buttigieg can find out if there was any bigotry involved in the spill on how the train, maybe the rails were bigoted towards the train and that caused a spill and then the chemical contamination was kind of bigoted because they're only targeting you know, parts of the stream where it's uh, the, the residents of that part of the uh, little town are of African heritage. I, I believe if they can find something like that, I think we can get the ball moving on this. Yeah, well, he finally did get the ball moving on it because uh, Pete Buttigieg did end up showing up to Ohio. I think it was, uh, I believe it was the day before yesterday. I'm trying to get my, I'm getting my days confused. But uh, Donald Trump actually went down to Ohio and he brought uh, water and food, and he did a, a little bit of a photo op with some people, and which really was very endearing. He went and purchased uh, McDonald's for all the firemen and other uh, workers that were there, and everyone that was just in the restaurant. I thought that was very kind of him, uh, but because he showed up, people were asking him, you're bringing water and food, but what are you really doing for us? Um, and he said, I, I brought the government because now that I uh, now that I showed up, they all felt the need that, oh, man, if Donald Trump's there, we have to do something or else we're going to look bad. And so they uh, the government mobilized and finally showed up to the scene of the event. So that was good. I'm glad that that happened. Praise be to God. And, you know, here's a real concern. I was listening to I believe it was the Epic Times and they were talking about how these the train derailments are becoming more and more frequent. This is not a spotlight effect where we are focusing in on a certain story and therefore we think it's happening more. That happens sometimes. And we think, like for instance, school shootings and things like that, where it feels as though school shootings are happening all the time because they're reporting on every single incident where there is some kind of discharge or some kind of weapon being used. And they focus on the story and they make it a seven day news cycle out of it. And so it becomes you're thinking, oh, my goodness, it's happening all the time when really the, it's about the same that it's happening. Uh, not to say that it makes it good, but just that it's not rising. Whereas for the train derailments, people started coming out saying, oh, trains derail all the time. We just never really talked about it before because it never was this bad in terms of the fallout. However, Epic Times was reporting that this is not the case that our infrastructure for our trains are really, really bad, that we are not fixing our, our railways. We are running the trains much harder than we're supposed to. They're heating up the axles, and, the, and derailments are happening more and more frequently, that this is something that is systemic that has to be changed fundamentally. And so why are we not doing this? Would that fall under Pete Buttigieg's job? And in the same vein as uh, Pete Buttigieg needing to do his job, uh, Tito, do you remember the name of that guy who was stealing people's luggages? I cannot remember. It, it was a, 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 a gentleman who thought he was a woman wearing dresses. And yes, he, he was stealing uh, the, uh, the, the luggage from the carousels there. He did it twice. And on the second time, uh, they finally fired him. 
the irony is he's still wearing some of the clothes on there because a, a, a Houston designer from Tanzania who lives here spotted one of her dresses being worn by him. So, no, uh, referring to him, I cannot remember, but give me a second and yeah, I'll find I out. I can't remember his name exactly, but like you said, this is... Uh, <laughs> I I want to say it's very concerning, but really it's not that concerning. It's just kind of funny, but I, I think it, it's gross. He's a transvestite and... I would never call him a gentleman, but this guy, this uh, this transvestite, he was stealing luggages at the airport, right? And what what do we see in response from? Uh, I just thought, would that not fall under as also part of Pete Buttigieg's job with the transportation secretary? Uh, a mass spree of people stealing luggages, and it turns out to all be the same guy, and he's wearing their clothing. Um, Sam Brinton is the guy's Sam name. Sam Brinton. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Sam Brinton. Yeah, very gross. Very disgusting. Um, yeah, I'm, enough said about that. <laughs> it's not really that important. <laughs> I just wanted to bring it up because I thought it was a, kind of amusing because that also falls under Pete Buttigieg's job description, I'm, I'm sure. Bless uh, you there. Good. So <clears throat> the other thing that I think is important that we should uh, get into as a topic is the topic of the Abrahamic houses. Did you see that story? Yes, in Abu Dhabi, they just opened it. And I was curious to know, why are they calling a, a Catholic church uh, Abrahamic house? That's I've never heard of that one before. And as I dug in deeper, apparently it's a syncretism in, in practice, where they're sharing it with other uh, faiths and traditions, quote-unquote, and uh, we all know that uh, it's a, you cannot contaminate the altar with anything at all. It's a sacristy. It's the tabernacle. It's a sacred place. So I'm a little bit concerned, just as you, and I have not really deep-dived into that story, but it's a little disconcerting. And then I read, I just glanced at it because I read a lot of news throughout the day, and it's also shared with Muslims. Yep. A completely different tradition from Christianity. I can understand if they're using Protestants, which is still wrong, but I've not heard it being shared with as a mosque. Yeah, well, I don't even, I never even hear anything about Protestants. I've only heard Catholics, Jews, and Muslims, which is very concerning. And Pope Francis has said a lot of very concerning things when it comes to the question of religious liberty or and religious freedom, I suppose. I'm not really sure even what to call it. Syncretism is the right word. And uh, what is syncretism? We'll, I'll, we'll get into that in a second. Uh, first, I wanted to read some things about Pope Francis. Francis once told a group of Muslim migrants that they should find comfort in the Quran. Another time, he advised Catholics in Morocco that conversion is not your mission. And he told atheist journalist Eugenio Scalfari that proselytism is solemn nonsense. In 2014, he told a group of Protestants, I'm not interested in converting evangelicals to Catholicism. In the Abu Dhabi document, infamously stated, the pluralism and the diversity of religions, color, sex, race, and language are willed by God in his wisdom through which he created human beings. That means his active will. That is not his passive will. When people try to say that that's what he meant, that's clearly not what he meant. And let me contrast that with what Pope Pius XI warned in his encyclical Mortalium Animus in 1928. He said, For which reason... 
Conventions, meeting, and addresses are frequently arranged by these persons at which a large number of listeners are present, at which all without distinction are invited to join in the discussion, both infidels of every kind and Christians. Certainly such attempts can nowise be approved by Catholics, founded as they are on the false opinion which considers all religions to be more or less good and praiseworthy. Not only are those who hold this opinion in error and deceived, but also in distorting the idea of true religion, they reject it. That's very, very scathing words from from Pope Pius XI. That's very interesting. Uh, So what is syncretism? Uh, William Kilmon, in January 1st, 1994, published this article in, in Crisis Magazine. I kind of dug it up and brought it out. And he says here, in 1949, Father and later Cardinal Jean Denelou de, de, de published a small book on the problem of mission in non-Christian religions, the salvation of the nations, to which the following striking passage was ap- a- appended. To believe that the church is Catholic, yet to take it as normal that the majority of the human race does not belong to it, is a kind of monstrosity. To see the present situation is abominable, yet to do nothing about it, is a related monstrosity. The truth of this observation should hit us all the more powerfully today, given how small and unconnected our world has become. The traditional reaction of this feeling was to set aside the conversion of the world. Yet two other reactions, unacceptable reactions, no matter how well intended, are now also prevalent. The first is a form of despair, which entails us to renounce the uniqueness of Christianity and the embracing of a notion that all the world's great religions are more or less equivalent paths to the divine. This is a way of indifferentism. The other reaction seeks to reconcile all the paths to the divine, either by some kind of fusion of their comportant beliefs, or more commonly by a way of recourse to a supposed higher commonality. The path of mysticism. This is a mysticism that, though accessible from all traditions, claims to supersede all dogmas. This is the way of syncretism. So that's a very good and concise definition of syncretism. And when we come back from a break, we're going to continue the conversation about the this Abu Dhabi situation, this idea that we can worship with the other false religions. And we're going to get into a deep dive in that conversation coming up next. So don't go anywhere. There's more to be had. What would St. Thomas Aquinas say? That's my question. And I'm going to share with you exactly what he would say coming up just after the short break. We'll be right back with more Catholic Drive Time. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Your only daughter met a fine young man who was a committed Mormon. She now wants to join his church. What's your answer? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a reason for no. Doctrinal positions such as the deity of Jesus and the Trinity. Your reason for yes. You deem seemingly moral character as superseding biblical truth. Secondly, orthodoxy. Your answer is probably no. But how and why? Your resistance to Mormon doctrine does not just come straight down from the Bible. It comes from the first five centuries of brilliant theologians, bishops, and popes. These Catholics wrote, debated, and fought for truth. Example, in 250 AD, 311, and 417, three different popes excommunicated three different heretics, Sibelius, Arius, and Pelagius. They denied the Trinity, the eternal deity of Jesus, or taught that human effort warranted salvation. Would your pastor excommunicate a heretic? Well, unfortunately, your pastor can only remove someone from his local congregation. But that's okay. That guy will probably end up being welcomed in a church down the street. 
I've been listening to Guadalupe Radio for a couple years now, and I think it was a bumper sticker I saw on somebody's car one time, and it's a radio station that I don't have to be concerned about or worried about. When the kids and I are driving, I don't have to worry about inappropriate items. It's just the opposite. It's educational. I've learned so many different topics and on different subjects that I couldn't believe being a Catholic and being baptized as a child. There's so many things I didn't know, and now in these past couple years that I've been listening in, I've learned so much. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Friday, February 24th, 2023, and these are your headlines for today. Catholic World News reports the U.S. Department of Education proposed ending of rules shielding student religious groups at public colleges. In 2020, the Trump administration ruled that public colleges must not deny to religious student groups any of the rights, benefits, or privileges that other student groups enjoy because of the religious student organization's beliefs, practices, policies, speech, membership standards, or leadership standards. These regulations, the Biden administration stated, quote, go beyond what the First Amendment mandates and allow religious student groups to discriminate against vulnerable and marginalized students, end quote. In doing so, the Biden administration is paving the way for public administrators to deny recognition to religious student organizations that adhere to the teaching of the traditions on the immorality of homosexual acts. Crux reports nine nuns fight off Vatican decree ordering the removal of their mother superior. Earlier this month, two poor Clare nuns were expelled from religious life for defying a Vatican order to abandon their 13th century convent on Italy's beautiful Amalfi Coast. Now 13 Benedictine sisters in Tuscany could face a similar fate as they too resist a Vatican decree, in this case involving the removal of their mother superior. The drama centers on the, quote, Mary Temple of the Holy Spirit, end quote, convent in Pienza in the southern part of Tuscany nestled on a hill with a breathtaking view of the nearby Val de Orcia, a lush green valley bisected by the Orcia River. Before becoming a convent, the property, property formerly hosted the diocesan seminary. And finally, Catholic News Agency reports, Pope Francis approves miracle to pave way to the beatification of Elisabetta Martinez. Pope Francis approved a miracle to advance the cause of canonization, venerable servant of God, Martinez, an Italian nun and founder of the Congregation of the Daughters of Santa Maria di Lesio. The miracle involved the healing of an unborn baby girl in Rimini, Italy. Ultrasound imagery in 2617 revealed to the child's mother that her baby was suffering from several severe life-limiting and potentially life-ending conditions. I'm Tito Edwards, and these are today's headlines through a Catholic lens. Thank you, Tito, for keeping us up to date. And, you know, we're talking in the last segment about the Abu Dhabi document and about the Abrahamic churches. This is a very concerning story because... This is a religious syncretism where they're trying to say that every religion is equal. This is not the case. And this is very, very grave, evil. And we're gonna t- I'm going to tell you why this is so bad. The reason why this is so bad is because it denigrates who Christ is and what Christ did. And we're going to get into that in detail. But I don't want to give you my own opinions because who cares what Adrian has to say, right? 
Instead, I mean, you're, you're looking at this. You said there's a cardinal of the church. He was there, and he spoke at the event. At the, He gave the opening speech, the Thanksgiving prayer service at St. Francis Church Abrahamic Family House, which actually, if you look at the name that's in a plaque, it says the His Holiness His Holiness Francis's Church. And so people are saying, no, 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 talking about St. Francis, not Pope Francis, but St. Francis's title is not Holy Fran- His Holiness Francis. Correct. His Holiness is a title for the Pope, not for a saint. So that's kind of concerning, no? Um, but in his address, Cardinal Fitzgerald, speaking on behalf of Pope Francis, he does not mention our Lord, not one time in his opening address. Not one time. Why? Because our Lord is a stumbling block for the Jews and for the Muslims. So I don't want to tell you my personal opinions. Instead, I want to tell you what St. Thomas Aquinas had to say about this. Because St. Thomas Aquinas is the angelic doctor. Why should we trust St. Thomas Aquinas over everyone else? Well, because Pope John XII said, In a single year, one may profit more from reading what he has written than by studying for a whole lifetime the other theologians. Pope Sixtus V said, By the divine favor of him who alone gives the spirit of science, wisdom, and understanding, and who thou ages, as there may be need, enrich his church with new blessings and strengthens it with safeguards. There was founded by our fathers men of eminent wisdom, the scholastic theology, which two glorious doctors, and in particular, the angelic St. Thomas. Notice that Pope Sixtus V is saying that St. Thomas had divine favor in his wisdom. Pope Benedict XV said, made it clear that in the official church teaching that St. Thomas is the master in doctrine of the universal church, saying the imminent commendations of Thomas Aquinas by the Holy See can no longer permit a Catholic to doubt that he was divinely raised up, that the church might have a master whose doctrine should be followed in a special way at all times. Notice what Pope Benedict XV says. He says, no Catholic can doubt that he was divinely raised up and that we should follow him in a special way at all times. So what was true of him yesterday is true of him today. Pope Pius XI said, We so approve of the tributes paid to his almost divine brilliance that we believe Thomas should be called not only angelic, but common or universal doctor of the church. It is no wonder that all the popes have vied with one another in exalting him, proposing him, inculcating him as a model, master, doctor, patron, and protector of all schools. So I just want to preface my statements of that recognizing what the church teaches about Thomas Aquinas. Why? Because we're going to talk about something that can get a little controversial. But St. Thomas, our clear teacher, our clear master, he explains to us why this is the case. So I want to start with the first point here. St. Thomas in his Summa Theologica, his Summa, his Secunda Secunde, he says, whether Christ should have preached to the Jews without offending them. This is why am I bringing this up? Because this idea of syncretism, of having the synagogue, a Catholic church, and a mosque all in continuity with one another together is a contradiction. Because the Christian faith is offensive to the Muslims, it is offensive to the Jews, and the only way that we can make it not offensive is to deny the gospel. So what does St. Thomas say? He said, it was foretold that Christ would be for a stone of stumbling and for a rock of offense to the two houses of Israel. He says, I answer that the salvation of the multitude is to be preferred to the peace of any individuals whatsoever. 
Consequently, with certain ones, by their perversiveness, hinder the salvation of the multitude. The preacher and the teacher should not fear to offend those men in order that he may ensure the salvation of the multitude. Now the scribes and the Pharisees and the princes of the Jews were by their malice a considerable hindrance to the salvation of the people, both because they opposed themselves to Christ's doctrine, which was the only way to salvation, and because their evil ways corrupted the morals of the people. For which reason our Lord, undeterred by their taking offense, publicly taught the truth which they hated and condemned their vices. Hence we read in Matthew that when the disciples of our Lord said, Dost thou know that the Pharisees, when they heard this word, were scandalized? He answered, Let them alone. They are blind and leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both fall into the pit. This is very concerning. And St. Thomas very, may, makes it very clear. We cannot choose to not offend someone over the gospel. For if we do so, it is as if the blind lead the blind. Very, very concerning. St. Thomas also had much to say about Islam. What did he say about Islam? He said, the following are things that you say the Muslims attack and ridicule. Said the Muslims, they ridicule the fact that we say Christ is the son of God when God has no wife. He cites the Quran there. And they think we are insane for professing three persons in God, even though we do not mean by this three gods. They also ridicule our saying that Christ, the son of God, was crucified for the salvation of the human race. For if Almighty God could save the human race without the Son's suffering, he could also make man so he could not sin. They also hold that Christians, their claim to eat God on the altar, and that if the body of Christ were even as big as a mountain, by now it should have been eaten up. He, Muhammad, did not bring forth any signs produced in a supernatural way, which alone fittingly gives witness to divine inspiration. For a visible action that can be only divine reveals an invisible inspired teacher of truth. On the contrary, Muhammad said that he was sent in the power of his arms, which are signs not lacking even to robbers and tyrants. Muhammad seduced the people by promises of carnal pleasures to which the concupiscence of the flesh goads us. His teaching also contains precepts that were in conformity with his promises, and he gave free reign to carnal pleasures. And all this, as is not unexpected, he was obeyed by carnal men. St. Thomas Aquinas is very clear here. The Jews and the Muslims, their beliefs, their teachings, we cannot follow them. And we cannot concede the Catholic faith. In order to concede something, to have communion with the Jews and the Muslims, we have to deny the Holy Trinity. We have to deny that Christ is God. We have to deny the Holy Eucharist. We have to deny all these truths that the Holy Catholic Church teaches, which is revealed by God who can neither deceive nor be deceived. This is very concerning. We cannot give an inch when it comes to this topic. Our Lord is very clear that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that nobody comes to him except by, no one comes to the Father except by him. Very, very important. We're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about can Catholics worship with the Jews. And the same thing applies to the Muslims, but Aquinas doesn't address that topic, but he does talk about can Catholics worship with the Jews. So we're going to read what St. Thomas has to say there, do a little analysis on that. And then finally, I want to talk about the topic of how can someone be saved? Can we be saved with syncretism? Can Muslims be saved by their religion? Can Jews be saved by their religion? You'll be surprised what the saints have to say. 
We'll be right back. Had to drive time in this very concerning story about the Abu Dhabi document in the Abrahamic churches. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. How much havoc would be caused at your church if your pastor brought a big statue of St. Peter or St. Paul and placed them in the sanctuary? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, history's on the side of the Catholic Church. Christian art in many forms dates way back to about 120 A.D., and so do those various Christian symbols which we still see today. You know, a dove, a fish, a lamb. Why are those okay? Secondly, the Bible, Exodus, Numbers, and Ezekiel— All these books show God telling Moses, David, or Ezekiel to carve out images of angels that were used in worship. And and thirdly, a tough comeback, especially for my guy friends. Does Cooperstown, Canton, or Cleveland mean anything to you? Yep, the Hall of Fame locations filled with statues, jerseys, bats, and balls. Memorabilia is a $37 billion industry, but you say, don't bring a statue into my church. Well, how many of you guys have admired one of those bronze statues of an athlete? I'd rather stare at St. Peter's, Paul, and Mary in my church, and I'm not talking about the old folk band. Hey, Donnie, what do we say when we make the sign of the cross? In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Did Mama teach you that? As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca, and it's so good to be on with you today. Despite the fact that things are a little crazy all around the world, today is a great opportunity to suffer. It's a great opportunity to offer up our penances. Today is a Friday during Lent, and we can do some extra penance today that we could Offer those sufferings for the salvation of souls and the liberty and exaltation of Holy Mother Church. Isn't that right, Tito? Absolutely. Today's Friday. It's a great way to start off your weekend, to end the first half week of Lent, to reassess what you've done before. Any mistakes, any mishaps? I know we, we stumble sometimes. Offer it up to God, especially when in Mass or in the offertory. Offer everything up to God. And if you're consecrated to Our Lady, do it through her immaculate, uh, her, her, uh, her immaculate heart. So, reassess, see what you can do, and continue moving on. Today is a great day. Amen, amen. And so, going back to this very concerning story, you know, what is the answer to these concerning stories? You know, you can't go to Rome, and you can't go to Abu Dhabi, you can't go to do these things and, and fight against this directly, but you can fight the spiritual battle, offer up your pains and sufferings, for this, the conversion of the people involved here. And one other thing you can do is learn the faith. So that way you will not be deceived by false teachers. Because remember what St. Paul said, that even if an angel from heaven came and preached a gospel contrary to this, do not believe him. So stay true to the perennial teachings of the church, which is why we're going through St. Thomas Aquinas. So St. Thomas Aquinas, he said, can Catholics worship with Jews? St. Thomas responding to this says, For Christ our Paschal Lamb has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 through 8. 
he said he goes on in like manner the ceremonies of the old law betoken christ as having yet to be born and to suffer whereas our sacraments signify him as already born and having suffered consequently just as it would be a mortal sin now for anyone in making a profession of faith to say that christ is yet to be born which the fathers of old said devoutly and truthfully so too it would be a mortal sin now to observe these ceremonies which the fathers of old fulfilled with devotion and fidelity such is the teaching of augustine who says it is no longer promised that he shall be born shall suffer and rise again truths of which their sacraments were a kind of image but it is declared that he is already born has suffered and risen again of which our sacraments and which christians share are the actual representation so what does saint thomas here say saint thomas here is making it very 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 clear we cannot worship with the jews why because jewish worship is necessarily geared toward the coming of the messiah all of it, even when it's not explicitly mentioning the coming of the Messiah, which is explicitly mentioned at the Passover meal or the Seder meals, which many Christians try to participate in. No, we cannot do it. Why can we not do it? Because those Jewish practices look forward to the coming Messiah. The Messiah has already come and his name is Jesus Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the one who fulfilled the law. He said, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it because he's not destroying the law. He's saying that law was all pointing to me. And now that I'm here, they have fallen away. So this is very, very important because when we do those things, if we are worshiping with the Jews in this manner, we are denying Christ. We are saying that Christ is not the Messiah. And we can apply the same principle to the Muslims because the Muslims do not believe that Christ was God. They believe that Christ was merely another prophet, a lesser prophet than Muhammad. This is a blasphemy and a sacrilege, and we cannot stand for it. We have to stand and arise and defend our Lord against the blasphemies and sacrileges that rise against him. A very, very important point. Yeah, that's good stuff there you got there. I remember reading in the Old Testament when uh, Moses was on Mount Sinai uh, because God called him, God told him, God himself through the burning bush, because if it was actually God, he'd be incinerated, just viewing, and uh, take your sandals off. This is holy ground. Amen. Amen. Exactly. Exactly the point. And so just and it's the same thing applies, right? The holy ground at the time of Moses, was what? The burning bush, that area there? And that was applied to what? The temple? The temple has been destroyed. The Jews don't have a temple anymore. There is none. So what has replaced that? The Holy of Holies today, which is a tabernacle, which houses not the symbols of God, but God himself present in the Holy Eucharist. A very beautiful thing. A very beautiful reality that you should take advantage of and go visit him. Go visit him today and make reparation for these outrages. Let's go on to talk about this. There is no salvation outside the church. If you're doing the catechism series with myself, um, with going through the Aquinas Catechism, we started off and we're ending every day going through the Athanasian Creed. The Athanasian Creed was a creed of the church that was used by all Catholics up until the Council of Trent as a statement of faith. At the Council of Trent, they created a new 
statement of faith that is in continuity, but was more precise against the errors of Protestantism. But the Athanasian Creed was used up until the 1500s as a declaration of faith, and it was done in the divine office. So every religious who did the divine office would pray the Athanasian Creed regularly. I believe it was uh, once a week they would pray the Athanasian Creed. I won't read to you the entirety of the Athanasian Creed because it's a little long and it is mostly about the belief in the Holy Trinity. But let me read an excerpt from it. The Athanasian Creed, which was composed probably around the 3rd century, there is a debate about the exact dating of it, but we know for sure that it is of antiquity and of the fathers. Whoever wishes to be saved must above all Keep the Catholic faith, for unless a person keeps this faith whole and entire, he will undoubtedly be lost forever. This is what he who wishes to be saved must believe about the Trinity. It is also necessary for eternal salvation that he believes steadfastly in the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the Catholic faith. Everyone must believe it firmly and steadfastly, otherwise he cannot be saved. What are the two things here? Well, three things. One is the Catholic faith, so that excludes the Protestant faith, but that's not really the topic of today's show. And then what are the other two things? The other two things is belief in the Trinity and in the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you deny the Trinity, if you deny the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ, you cannot be saved. This applies to the Jews and the Muslims. St. Irenaeus in 202 said the church is the entrance to life. All others are thieves and robbers. And on account of this, we are bound to avoid them. Does he say we should set up churches together and worship together? No, that's not what St. Irenaeus says. Instead, St. Irenaeus says on this account, we are bound to avoid them. Not even that we, I suggest you avoid them. We are bound to avoid them. Origen, who is not a saint, said in 254, let no man deceive himself outside this house, that is, outside the church, no one can be saved. So even the heretics at that time understood that no one outside the church can be saved. St. Cyprian said, he who has turned his back on the church of Christ shall not come to the rewards of Christ. He is an alien, a worldling, an enemy. You cannot have God for your father. If you have not the church for your mother, our Lord warns us when he says, he that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth. Whosoever breaks the peace of harmony of Christ acts against Christ. Whoever gathers elsewhere than in the church scatters the church of Christ. What is St. Cyprian saying here? St. Cyprian says, whoever gathers elsewhere than in the church, whoever gathers elsewhere than in the church scatters the church of Christ. Does that mean that we should be gathering in mosques? Does that mean we should be gathering in synagogues? Or does that mean that we should be gathering in the church that Christ established? This is very concerning. St. Augustine, the great doctor of the church, St. Augustine, the one who probably was the uh, most beloved of St. Thomas Aquinas, he said, no man can find salvation in the Catholic church. Outside the Catholic church, one can have everything except salvation. One can have honor. One can have the sacraments. One can sing hallelujah. One can answer amen. One can have faith in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost and even preach it too. But never can one find salvation except 
in the Catholic Church. What is St. Augustine saying here? He's saying, yeah, there can be good things in other religions. Yeah, the heretics can even pray in the name of the Holy Trinity. Yeah, the Jews have a lot of venerable traditions. Yeah, the Muslims may say that they believe in one God. That's a good thing. But there's no salvation in that. There's a lot of things that, you, that can be had in other religions. And we can recognize, oh yeah, that's a good thing in that religion. Yeah, that's a good thing in that religion. Sure, that's great. This is what St. Augustine had to say. And this is not just what St. Augustine had to say. I have many, many, many more quotes from other saints and doctors and councils of the church. But let me skip to Pope John Paul I. Pope John Paul I said, this is not agreeable. But it is clear that Jesus and the church are the same thing, indissoluble, inseparable. Christ and the church are only one thing. It is not possible to say, I believe in Jesus. I accept Jesus, but I do not accept the church. When the poor Pope, when the bishops, the priest propose the doctrine, they are merely helping Christ. It is not our doctrine. It is Christ. We must merely guard it and present it. That's Pope John Paul I. What about Pope John Paul II? Pope John Paul II, in the same way, he says, There is no salvation outside the church. From her alone, there flows surely and fully the life-giving force destined in Christ and in his spirit to renew the whole of humanity and therefore directing every human being to become part of the mystical body of Christ. That is Saint, is uh, John Paul II, right? This is very, very important. And notice, he even mentions, he says, Dear young people and members of the faithful, like Brother Francis, he's talking about St. Francis of Assisi, we have to be conscious and absorb this fundamental and revealed truth consecrated by tradition. This is very, very important. What is he talking about, that consecrated tradition? He's talking about that there is no salvation outside the church. This is a very important truth that we all must cling to with all of our heart and all of our soul and profess it and love it because this is the truth and the truth it should lead you to want to bring about conversion don't let this scandalize you don't let this drive you away instead say if this is true then i must evangelize if this is true i must bring the faith to every corner of the earth if this is true i have to preach the gospel at work to my family to my friends to everyone i meet we'll be right back with more catholic drive time after this short break Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross Studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Is the very contemporary and popular idea that a faith alone salvation, which occurs by repenting of sins and asking Jesus in one's hearts, sufficient to enter and warrant heaven upon death? I say, no, it's not. Many evangelicals will say, just follow the Romans road, which is four verses snatched out of the book of Romans, and when followed, heaven is promised. Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. The Gospels, nor the Epistles, nor the Apostolic and early Church Fathers ever wrote anything 
anything like this mechanical approach. Secondly, the marriage experience. After wrongdoing and temporary departure from your family, does a simple one-time, hey honey, I'm really sorry, bring you back into the family? And thirdly, teaching of the Catholic Church, water baptism, loving God and neighbor, which is displayed by consistent acts of charity while maintaining a perseverant hope of heaven is the surest way to God's eternal presence. And my pesky comeback, that Romans road is presumptuous and significantly dumbs down the holy value and price of salvation. And remember, that Romans road has some potholes. It is here where you'll find the best marriage counselor, greatest healer, wisest teacher, and closest friend. It's a place where you'll escape the chaos of the world and find the lasting peace that only comes from God. Jesus is personally waiting to embrace you now with his divine mercy and healing love. Jesus is calling you home to his sacred heart today. I need a mercy. I need a savior. In your car, at the office, or in your home, we're always here. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. And it's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. And I have some exciting news for you. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. You're here. I know what you're here for. You're here to call in for the game show, right? No, 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 no. That's not why you're here today. You're here today because you want to know who won the car raffle. You've been hearing about this Mercedes-Benz CLA 250 in polar white. You've been hearing about that all month long. And the month before that, and now you're ready. You bought some tickets. You Maybe you sold some tickets, and I thank you for that. Thank you for selling some tickets for us. I appreciate that. And you've been waiting for this day, the day when we actually pull the name. And do you, do you hear that? I, oh, is that? I think that was Sammy Rodriguez, our, the president of the, the GRN. He just pulled up. I just heard him pull up. That's amazing. Sammy, good morning to you. Good morning, Adrian. Good morning, CDT team. How are you guys this morning? Oh, praise be to God. We're alive. And, you know, that's a blessing to be here in the studio today. It's a blessing to have the opportunity to discuss this, uh, this amazing prize but good morning to you, Sammy. How are you doing? Amen. Well, you know, I, I pulled up really quick. As you heard, I'm just trying not to get a ticket, you know, but I want to make a grand entrance here. So <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's a spin in those tires. And I know that's uh, probably the, the winner's going to hop in their car and they're going to be uh, burning some rubber soon as well. Right. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, let, let's start this off right. And let, let's begin with a prayer. You know, I want to uh, ask for the powerful intercession of Our Lady of Guadalupe on this beautiful Friday morning. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm-hmm. We ask you, merciful mother, to help us to fulfill this mission of evangelization, which your son has given to his church and which falls to us. Mindful of your role as help of Christians, we entrust ourselves to you in the work of carrying the gospel ever deeper into the hearts and lives of all people through the airwaves. We commit our cause of radio for your soul totally to your prayers. May all the programs that flow forth from this network draw each listener to Jesus Christ, your son, for the glory of God and the salvation of souls. Amen. 
Amen. Of the Holy Spirit. Um, I just want to say hello and good morning to all the Guadalupe family of listeners right now. It is indeed going to be a great morning. Uh, Super exciting because here shortly, as Adrian mentioned, we're going to be pulling the winning ticket for this year's car raffle. And so soon enough, we will find out who will be taking home a brand new 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250 Coupe in polar white. Adrian, I know that's one of your most favorite colors. Is that right? It's polar. <laughs> Especially in this in this very warm uh, climate down in Texas. It is uh, it, polar white just makes me feel uh, much cooler. When I look at it, I'm just like, wow, it's the temperature right. just dropped 10 degrees. I just, oh, it's almost 60 now. Amen. Well, now before we get there, though, uh, I'd just like to reiterate how important and, of course, fun this annual car raffle is. Uh, But, you know, it's so key to the financial health of the Guadalupe Radio Network and our ability to keep these airwaves Catholic in your local Catholic radio station on the air, again, to reach souls and to lead others to Jesus. Um, January and February, gosh, they can just be very, very tough months financially for us, especially as a nonprofit Catholic apostolate. And your kind support, dear listener, helps us to keep the ship afloat and bridge the gap, really, until we have our very first share of the year. So, you know, Adrian, I'd say winning about anything is is fun. But a car? Um, wow, that's that's on a whole different level, right? So uh, what are your thoughts on that, Adrian? You know, Sammy, I don't think I've ever won a vehicle. I don't I don't think I've ever won anything that large. I think I one time I played a scratch off and I actually uh, won $3.75. But and that paid for the seventy five cents paid for the actual the scratch ticket. But anything the size of a of a vehicle that is a amazing opportunity, and I think that's whoever wins that is going to be very excited. And I, I heard a rumor that the winner is actually going to come and visit us and take us in on a on a spin in their in their brand new Mercedes Benz CLA two fifty. And I sure hope they will. That, that's always my wish too. I'm like, I just want to go for a ride, you know. And if you care to let me test drive it, I love you just that much more. So. Yeah, I just want to touch it. I don't. I don't need to drive it. It's okay. I just want to. I just want to touch one of the door <laughs> the door handles. I just. It just. It was like, as soon as I touch it, I know I just start getting the shivers from the the polar white. Uh, I'm very. So I'm very excited. Have you, ever, uh, Sammy, ever won anything exciting? Oh uh, no, you know I think probably when I was a kid, you know, just pulling that prize out of the cereal box always made me pretty excited. <laughs> <laughs> Got the, the the Cracker Jacks, good one. That's right. <clears throat> so as you know, uh, CDT crew and and dear listener, there's so much work that goes in to make this happen. And uh, on behalf of the entire Guadalupe Radio Network team, we want to just offer a tremendous thank you to you. Uh, the amazing Guadalupe family of listeners, to all of our priests, deacons, parishes, and businesses that allowed us to come out and sell tickets and show their their wonderful support, to all the wonderful volunteers who helped to get uh, tickets out there and get them sold so we can continue to keep the GRN running strong, and uh, also to the internal Guadalupe family of general managers and employees I just thank each of you uh, from the bottom of my heart and for your families for all the hard work and sacrifices that were made for the salvation of souls, because that's really what this is about. So, you know, Adrian, I I get here in the morning and I'm just so excited because I'm like, who's the winner going to be? But we always say, Lord, let that be according to your holy will, right? Amen. Amen. That's why on the game show, when we pull prizes out, we say we call the, the our coffee cup, the coffee cup of divine providence. 
because you know it's nothing is nothing is luck i don't believe in luck i don't believe in chance everything is of god's will everything is a part of divine providence and whoever was drawn well that person you know god (laughs) decided that that was a name that he wanted to come out of that drum is that right sammy that's right. And that's our wish, that our prayer this morning as well. So let me ask you real quick, Adrian, if somebody called you, good morning, hey, Adrian, I want you to know you just want a brand new Mercedes Benz. What would you say? I would probably say, you're pulling my leg. That's <laughs> you got to be kidding I me. I didn't win no Mercedes. <laughs> what do you, I, I'm not giving you my social security number and you're going to say, no, no, I'm not going to ask for, oh, sure, you're not going to ask for my social security number. Okay. Uh, that's exactly what I would probably say. Well, guys, uh, this is the time. I think it's the time now. We've got uh, three amazing folks along with me here in the studio. We have Lisa, we have Josefa, and we also have Mr. Joe here, uh, all ready to get this hopper spinning and find out who that winner is going to be. So what do you say, guys? Should we spin the golden hopper and see who the winner is? Let's do it. All right. Okay. Let's get it going. Around and around it goes. Where it stops, no one knows. Oh, man. I can see those. They're, those the numbers are Flipping around, they moved it forward, they moved it backwards. What's gonna come next? All right, all right, it's still going, it's still going. Okay. She shook that you up gotta real give it a nice good. good spin. Real good spin. And there's no, see, people always think whoever gets the last one in are the ones that's winning. Not in this case, she shook that up real good. Here we go, there it goes. deep down in there. Okay, the hands in the buck, the hands in the bucket. Let's see. Oh, hey, she got it. We have a winner. Thank you, we Lisa. have a winner. We have Flavio is Flavio. the winner. And this is an 817 area code. Uh, so not exactly sure where that's at, but Flavio, you are the winner of a brand new 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250 Coupe. Um, let me just say, you are going to be getting a call from your local area general manager, and I can only imagine how fun that call is going to be. <laughs> yeah, I think 817, that's uh, the Fort Worth area, right? I uh, Praise okay. be to God, that's amazing. That would I don't be ever it. like to take guesses. There's so many area codes these days, right? But uh, again, Flavio is the winner, 817 area code. You will be receiving a call there. And uh, I just want to say again, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for everyone who purchased raffle tickets, everyone who allowed us to come sell tickets, and those volunteers who said, you know what, I'm going to help this year because I love my Catholic radio and we need this to continue going to reach souls and help people in this very troubled world that we're living in. Very true, very true. And you know what, Sammy? If someone was uh, was they were on the edge of their seat waiting for their name to be called, <laughs> well, don't you worry because next year we will have a car raffle yet again, and it could be you next time. And also, like Sammy said, uh, the biggest and the most important thing about the car raffle is not the giving away the car, even though we love giving away cars and we love the fact that you win them, but it is ultimately the mission of evangelization and your support of that mission of carrying Catholic airwaves in your neighborhood. And that is such a grace. Amen. Well, in closing, uh, again, I just want to say, Lord, thank you so much for the gift of today, for the gift of life, for all the many blessings that you give each and every one of us. And I ask that you would continue, Lord, to touch the hearts of all who are listening to the Guadalupe Radio Network via online, via the radio, via our app. Uh, And please tell someone about the Guadalupe Radio Network today. They can change the dial on the radio. It can absolutely change their life. I thank you so much, CDT team. Amen. You guys are awesome. 
Thank you very much, Sammy Rodriguez Jr., president of the GRN. Uh, good morning and have a great and blessed day. Thank you all. Have a good day. Bye-bye. What an exciting day. Amen. Amen. All righty. Well, praise be to God. That was a very exciting opportunity. And congratulations to Fabio. I think that's a pretty awesome thing. I would be just beside myself if I won a Mercedes Benz to CLA 250 in Polar White 2023 edition. That's a pretty amazing gift right there. I'm very excited for that. And a, what was it, 817 area code? Yep. I'm pretty sure, I'm like 99% sure that's a Dallas-Fort Worth area. I could be wrong, but I'm 99% sure that's right. Uh, so that would be like a that would be like a Dave Palmer thing right there. Praise be to God. That's pretty awesome. Um, but, you know, I think that that's pretty amazing. And, and we are about to go. I just got a text message from Sissel, who is one of our uh, people over in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. She said, Dallas-Fort Worth. So there you go. There you go. So hopefully, uh, Fabio, you will be getting a call from Dave Palmer and Cecil Anderson very soon. That'd be very exciting. I would love to get that call. Uh, wouldn't you, Tito? Absolutely. <laughs> Imagine Fabio listening to the to his radio station up there in Dallas-Fort Worth and hearing his name and then even the area code. And he's thinking to himself, wait, how many of us are there with the same area code? I'd be calling in quickly. Yeah, I know, right? Exactly. Um David, what about you? You're a David Magianis, our uh, business manager for the GRN, just hopped into the studio. And uh, David, what would you do if you just got that call? I don't know. I'd, I'd be so excited. I wouldn't know what to do, but, uh, you know, just uh, thanking God and just, you know, just, you know, it's a beautiful day if I won that car and just thanking God and being grateful that, uh, you know, I was picked to win that car and not only that like you'd mentioned it's supporting a great ministry and uh you know i got a chance to see on the back end of you know all the tickets that were purchased and all the all the people that sold the tickets all the volunteers that sold them and you know everybody did a great job in that and and then everybody that bought tickets uh for this uh for the ministry but for per for the chance to win a car we want to thank you for that as well what a grace what a grace right uh, we love our volunteers we couldn't do it without them and if you would like to be a volunteer to help sell our raffle tickets next year well make sure you contact your local general manager and even if you don't want to sell raffle tickets why not get to know your local general manager swing by the studio meet your local general manager they would love to meet you i'm certain of it and we are so grateful for everyone for people who purchased tickets people who sold tickets, for people who prayed for us. Oh, my goodness. So many people who cannot afford to buy them. Uh, many people who are homebound, so they don't sell them, but they promise to pray for the mission of the GRN. Wow. What a grace. We are so grateful to the people who do that as well. I, I agree. Absolutely. So we're going to head into our game show, Fear and Trembling. So if you did not win the Mercedes-Benz CLA 250 in polar white, well, you have an opportunity to win a prize in today's game show. And you there are great odds. So what do you have to do to win that prize? You have to call the number 877-757-9424. That number is 877-757-9424. And here's a pro tip. If you can't remember the number, you can go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And the number is listed there. But if you want to call in for the game show, 877-757-9424, and you could win a prize. The odds are great to win this week's prize. And that number one last time is 877-757-9424. 
We'll be right back with more Catholic Drive Time after the short break. 877-757-9424. Fear and Trembling, coming up. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. I promise to love you in good times and in bad, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. On your wedding day, you made this vow to your spouse in the presence of God and all those present. These are not words to be taken lightly. And the reality is that the responsibilities of marriage and family can be challenging at times. Good times can become bad in the blink of an eye. Things like financial hardship and sickness, among others, very often bring about fears and anxieties that make it difficult to be as loving as we should be. There is a simple Latin phrase to keep on hand when fear and anxiety take over our thoughts. Quid est hoc ad aeternitatum? What is this in the light of eternity? In other words, keep things in proper perspective. While the challenges here on this earth seem like a big deal at the moment, they are but a flash in the pan compared to all of eternity in heaven. This has been a minute for your marriage and family from the Three Hearts Institute. Check us out on Facebook. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. That's the number to call to be on our game show, Fear and Trembling. And if you don't get on today, don't you worry. Because next week, we have an all-new prize that you could win. And every day, you have three opportunities. And when that opportunity comes, if you get all three questions right, you get three chances put into the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence. And so the odds are really, really good. At worst-case scenario, you have what? what, 3 and 15 odds? I don't know what that is, uh, dividing that out, but... uh, Doing math on air is a, is a rule that I, I'm told we're not supposed to do. So I'm going to avoid trying to break that fraction down for you. But the odds are looking very good for your chances to win. So if you don't get on today, make sure you save that number, put it on speed dial, and you can dial in on Monday morning. And we'll have a brand new prize with the new, the all new game show. But Tito, uh, what is the prize this week? The prize this week is a CDD prize pack, which includes a coffee cup of Divine Providence and a couple of other goodies that go along with it. 
Absolutely, absolutely. In fact, our friend Alan Smith with Fulton Sheen Today has generously donated uh, the seven last words of Jesus from the cross. Uh, he donated a several of the books, so we're going to be giving out one of those today. Um, we're going to give one out to one of the winners from last week as well. So thank you, Alan Smith from Fulton Sheen Today for that generous donation. But joining us right now via phone is Vicky. Good morning to you, Vicky. Vicky, are you there? Hold. Got uh, Tito's got to put her on air. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Sorry, Vicky. Uh, we're working out the kinks. And when I, while we wait for that, I, okay, there you go. Vicky, are you there? Good morning, Adrian. Good morning, Vicky. Where are you calling from? Uh, Dallas area. Dallas area. Praise be to God. That's amazing. Uh, Dallas area is a wonderful place. I haven't been up there in a little while. I, I used to, I would usually go up there every year for the March for Life, but my friend was getting married that weekend, and so I was not able to make it this year. But uh, have you, do you go to normally go to the March for Life, Vicki? Yes. Awesome. Praise be to God. What parish do you go to? Uh, St. Luke's in Irving. St. Luke's in Irving. My sister went to University of Texas at Dallas, which is in Irving, not Dallas. Um, but that, yeah. so I used to go to Irving fairly frequently. So very, very nice. Very nice. Uh, where yeah, are you headed off to? some students on Saturday when um, confessions are going on. A lot of students come out to around. Um, wow. Praise be to God. What a grace. Oh, Vicki, where are you headed off to today? I'm on a clean home. <laughs> awesome. Praise be to God. That's the way to do it. Amen, Vicki. <laughs> Amen. Uh, we love that. And Vicki, do you know what you're doing for Lent? I know Ash Wednesday was yesterday, but it, you know, not everybody has made their decisions yet, but it's time to make a choice. Uh, what are you doing for Lent this year, Vicki? I am not going to complain, and I'm going to be happy and smile so that other people can have a good day. Amen. You know, the not complaining thing? Woo-wee! Yeah. That's, that's a tough one. I, I tried my best to not do that one. Uh, but it slips out every now and then, and I'm like, oh, no, dude. I just bite my tongue. I'm like, oh, man, darn it, I just did it. It's like, why can't I stop complaining? Darn it, I just complained about complaining. Um, so <laughs> that's that's the process there. It's a it's a self-defeating attitude right there. But I that's awesome, Vicky. I hope you're able to accomplish your Lent this year. Uh, but are you familiar with how the game works, Vicky? Uh, yes, I I played before, and it's been over a month, so Wonderful. I'm playing again. Praise be to God. Well, for if anyone doesn't know, the questions, uh, the game show is very simple. I asked three Catholic trivia questions. I'm not going to ask Vicky. Instead, I'm going to ask Tito, and I'm going to ask David Magianis, and they're going to give me an answer. And it's your job, Vicky, to tell me who's right and who's wrong. And you're going to have 15 seconds of the clock, and we that's how the game will go. Very straightforward, very easy. You ready to play, Vicky? Yeah, what happened to Rudy? Uh, Rudy is actually at a funeral today, so pray for oh. the soul of the person that he's attending the funeral for. So he is uh, traveling at the moment. I think he's driving, actually. So I think it's in New Mexico, or maybe it was Arizona. I forget. Arizona. But Arizona, there you go. So he is out of town at the moment, but he'll be back on Monday. Okay. Awesome. Are you ready, Vicky? I'm ready. Let's I'm do ready. it. Let's do it. First question, we'll go with David Magianis. David, okay. All right. Are you ready? Uh, yes, I'm ready now. I got my uh, cup of coffee. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, the first question: Who is Peru's patron saint? 
Wow. Peru's patron saint. So uh, what a coincidence. Uh, you know, I've got some friends that are from South uh, South America. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, we were... We happened to be talking about uh, saints. Oh, okay. And, interesting. Uh, interesting, interesting. And, uh, you know, uh, of all the saints out there, I mean, you know, all amazing, all amazing. But for Peru, St. Joseph. St. Joseph, you say? Yeah, St. Joseph. There's a connection with that. And okay. so, uh, you know, if we have time later, maybe we can get into that. <laughs> okay, okay. Very interesting. Yeah. So. Uh, David is on the board for St. Joseph. Let's go to Tito. Tito, same question to you. Who is Peru's patron saint? Peru's patron saint. I, Sorry there, uh, David, but I'm married to a Peruvian. Oh. And, uh, what? Yes, I am. Okay. And the All local right. Dominican church has a statue of St. Martin de Porres. Interesting. I'm, I'm going with that one. St. Martin de Porres. Hmm. Well, you know, okay. at a Dominican church, it would make sense to have St. Martin de Porres since, you know, he's a Dominican and You're all right. those things. But, uh, but you know, St. Joseph. St. Joseph is a good option, too. I mean, come on. All right, Vicky, 15 seconds on the clock. The question is, who is Peru's patron saint? Tito seems to think that it's St. Martin de Porres. Okay, you're going to, you're sure you want to go with St. Martin de Porres? Are you certain? San Martin de Porres. Okay. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. No. He deceived you. Tito is, in fact, tricky. He was lying about St. Martin de Porres, but he wasn't lying about his wife. His wife actually is Peruvian. So okay. it is a tricky question. That was a tricky question. Well, don't worry. Martin de Porres is from Peru, and his cousin was uh, Rosa de Lima. Absolutely. So they Absolutely. Were, they, were, they were the patron saints, but oh, well, yeah. I learned something. There you go. There you go. But don't worry. We're going to get you in. We're going to get you in. Don't you worry. Question number two, going to Tito first. The question is, what religious order is represented by the postnomial letters SM? SM. Huh. Society of Mart. Society of Mary. Society of Mary. Yep. Okay. That's a good, that's a good guess right there. So thank you. Uh, same thing to you, Mr. Magianis. What religious order? Represented by the post-nominal letters S and M. Nominal meaning like name. They're the letters that come after your name. The letters S and M. What do the S and M stand for? All right. So uh, I didn't know if you knew this or not, but this one's a fairly, fairly new order. Oh, okay. Yeah, fairly new. And uh, so they they wanted to change it up a little bit. And right. so they, they wanted to... You know, name it after a fruit or a you know a oh, dessert. That's that is that is different. Yeah, it's a little different. So the Society of Marmalade. Oh, <laughs> Society of Marmalade. Yeah, I, right. I don't know if you've heard that because marmalades are um, you know it's kind of a, a uh, tasty <laughs> little tasty fruit and uh, 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 yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah let's go with that. that. That makes sense. I I, I buy that, uh, Vicky. That's this is a very tough question. I don't know how you're going to get this. Uh, the the question is, what religious order represented by the postnominal letters S and M what is the name of that society uh, well David Magiana seems to think that it's the society of marmalade, marmalade. yes say it correctly whereas yes. Tito yes. seems to think that it's society of Mary what say you 15 seconds on the clock Vicky well, since David gave it away, I'm going to go with Tito. <laughs> okay. <laughs> too obvious for you. Too obvious for you. Very good, Vicky. Right. Uh, we're running out of time, so let's jump into the next question. Uh, let's go with David. David, the question is, homiletics is the study of what? Okay. So uh, just the way you said that, Adrian, 
It's the study of preaching. The study of preaching, you say? Yeah, and, uh, if you just okay. if you just kind of cut off the first uh-huh. part of the word that you right. just said. Like a homily. Yeah. Kind of. Okay, okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Gotcha. All right, Tito, yeah. same question to you. Homiletics is the study of what? That's too easy. Homemaking. Of homemaking. All yep. right, Vicky, uh, you're a homemaker. So let me know, yeah. Vicky. Is the answer preaching, the art of preaching, as David says, or is it homemaking, as Tito says, homiletics and study of what, Vicky? I would say preaching. Preaching. Nailed it. Praise be to God. You got it. Well, Vicky, congratulations. You got in the coffee cup of divine providence two times today, um, and Tito is going to draw a name from the coffee cup of divine providence, and uh, so we can tee that up. Tito, do you have that uh, the coffee oh, yes. cup of divine providence? Is he going to shake it up like they he, did in Midland? He should be shaking it up. Get, you know, get that like just uh, get that drum rolling, and he's going to have the the drum rolling over here. And when it comes, you're going to stick his hand in. He's going to shake it up, and he's going to draw the name. It's going to be someone, um, and whoever is chosen, it'll be God's holy will that their name be chosen. And I'm very excited to find out who is going to win. And the prize, just to reiterate, is a replica. Of the coffee cup of divine providence. Nice. And the seven last words of Jesus on the cross, uh, published by, uh, well, edited by our friend Alan Smith, but it is uh, the words of Fulton Sheen. So right. very cool. I hear All right, it. Tito, I hear it you got there. it. You got it going. You got it going. We're running out of time. Let's... All right. The winner is. No way. Vicky. Vicky. All right, Vicky. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Way to go, Vicky. I want to congratulate Flavio Garcia from Fort Worth and Martin Arismendi. I'm sure he's the one that sold the ticket. Oh, yeah. It could have been. It could have been. Praise be to God. All right. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Vicky. Stay on the line. Don't go anywhere. Stay on the line. We're going to get your contact information, and we will be... and we will have to uh, get your contact so we can send you the prize. But that's going to do it for Catholic Drive Time today. Praise be to God. We're going to be jumping into our after show. So if you want to join us for the after show, all you have to do is hop on our social media streams, YouTube, Odyssey, Facebook, Rumble, leave a comment, and we can dialogue with you directly. It'll be a very exciting time. Or if you can't, then we'll talk to you on Monday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network. Well, God love you, God bless you, and we'll see you very soon. for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate in the season of Lent, the Friday after Ash Wednesday. This Mass is offered for our online viewers and for those listening through Guadalupe Radio. The Lord heard and had mercy on me. 
the Lord became my helper. The Lord heard and had mercy on me. The Lord became my helper. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord heard and had mercy on me. The Lord became my helper. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you. Brethren, let us acknowledge our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Kirikie keleki Let us pray. Show gracious favor, O Lord, we pray, to the works of penance we have begun, that we may have strength to accomplish with sincerity the bodily observances we undertake. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord God, Cry out full-throated and unsparingly. Lift up your voice like a trumpet blast. Tell my people their wickedness and the house of Jacob their sins. They seek me day after day and desire to know my ways, like a nation that has done what is just and not abandoned the law of their God. They ask me to declare what is due them, pleased to gain access to God. Why do we fast and you do not see? Afflict ourselves and you take no note of it. Lo, on your fast day you carry out your own pursuits and drive all your laborers. Yes, your fast ends in quarreling and fighting, striking with wicked claw. Would that today you might fast so as to make your voice heard on high. And this is this the manner of fasting I wish, of keeping a day of penance, that a man bow his head like a reed and lie in sackcloth and ashes? Do you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? This, rather, is the fasting that I wish, releasing those bound unjustly, untying the thongs of the yoke, setting free the oppressed, breaking every yoke, sharing your bread with the hungry, 
sheltering the oppressed and the homeless, clothing the naked when you see them, and not turning your back on your own. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your wound shall quickly be healed. Your vindication shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. The word of the Lord. A heart contrite and humble, O God, you will not spurn. A heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. Have mercy on me, O God, in your goodness. In the greatness of your compassion, wipe out my offense. Thoroughly wash me from my guilt, and of my sin cleanse me. A heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. For I acknowledge my offense, and my sin is before me always. Against you only have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight. A heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. For you are not pleased with sacrifices. Should I offer a burnt offering, you would not accept it. My sacrifice, O God, is a contrite spirit, a heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. A heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Seek good and not evil so that you may live, and the Lord will be with you. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The disciples of John approached Jesus and said, Why do we and the Pharisees fast much, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. The Gospel of the Lord. What are you giving up for Lent? That's a common question, right? Even people who aren't Catholic know that Catholics give something up for Lent, maybe choose to do so themselves. And yet, this can mislead us. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, for this Lent, I'm not going to give up something, I'm going to do something extra. So let's take a step back and reconsider what it is that we're doing during Lent. The first thing is to say that if you want to put it this way, the first word of Lent is not fasting. The first word of Lent is repentance, right? Do you remember, you might have heard on Ash Wednesday, repent and believe in the gospel. The first word is repentance. What is repentance? Repentance is not necessarily feeling sad, although that may go with it. Repentance is fundamentally turning. Turning from what is bad to what is good turning internally in our intentions and thoughts and decisions and outwardly in our words and actions. 
from what is bad to what is good. That is what repentance is. Sometimes people will think, I'm going to give up, I'm going to fast from this sinful thing. Okay, we need a little clarification. You're not fasting from that bad sinful thing. You're repenting of it. And you're not doing it just for 40 days. You need to do it forever. Right? When you fast, it's from something good temporarily. But if there's something sinful into which you're falling, perhaps something related to God, perhaps you're not praying enough, you're not loving Him, perhaps you're not speaking respectfully of Him and of holy things, perhaps you're not keeping the Sunday holy, you need to make that right. Or perhaps it's toward other people. Perhaps you're not, you're, you're acting in ways that are harmful to them. Or you're acting in ways that are not sexually pure. Or you're not being honest or speaking rightly with your words. Or you're not doing right things with your money. Those things need to be corrected, right? Bring those sins to confession to receive forgiveness and give them up forever. And we know that is the way of life. When the Lord commands us to turn away from sin, it's because He loves us. Sin is no good for us or good for anyone else. Of course, we make the mistake of thinking that it is. That's why we sin, right? We think, oh, well, this is better for me. But it's not. It's not. The Lord knows it's lot. So the first word of Lent is repentance, turning away from sin, turning towards goodness and holiness and towards the Lord. Having repented then, we turn to those three things we heard Jesus talking about on Ash Wednesday. Fasting and almsgiving and prayer. Not one or the other. So it's not just, I'm not going to give up something, I'm going to do something extra. Fasting and almsgiving and prayer. Right? So in fasting, we temporarily give up something that is good. Thus we know that presently, what is required of Catholics is abstinence from meat on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, as well as on the Fridays of Lent, as well as fasting, canonical fasting, on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. That's the fasting that's required of us. Then we have the opportunity to choose something voluntary, and it might be from food of a certain quantity or a certain kind, or it might be giving up something else that's good. Perhaps it's something good, but that we're a little too attached to, loving a little too much. When we should love God and other people, maybe a little more. And so we give up that thing or reduce that thing for these 40 days. Not a bad thing, but a good thing, but we're going to give it up temporarily. But we, along with doing fasting, we need to do some other things. We know in these early days of Lent, we're going to be hearing each day, tending to focus on one of these other things. One of these is almsgiving. As we look towards others in their need and respond to those with, with mercy, works of mercy, seeking to respond to their needs, whether those be physical need or spiritual need. And then, of course, there's prayer. That chance to draw near to the Lord, listen to Him, speak to Him. Now, these things go together. If we think of fasting, if we, if we choose, say, to not cook and eat a meal, to fast from it, well, then we're going to have a little bit of extra of something, right? A little bit of extra money, what we would have spent on the meal. We can give that to someone in need. A little extra time, the time we would have spent cooking and eating the meal, we can use that for prayer. The three go together. This is the richness of Lent the Lord invites us to. As so often in our Catholic faith, not either or, both and. 
Repentance, first of all, fasting and almsgiving and prayer. In all of these things, drawing closer to our Lord. In all these things, receiving the abundance that he wants to give us during this Lenten season. Brothers and sisters, gathered to celebrate the mysteries of our redemption, let us pray to Almighty God, asking him to fill the whole world with his gifts. That Christ, who upon the cross, forgave those who did not know what they did, may have mercy upon his church. Let us pray to the Lord. That the Lord, who died upon the cross to redeem us, may have pity upon the whole human family. Let us pray to the Lord. That the Lord, who experienced the bitterness of feeling alone and abandoned, may have compassion on those who live in anxiety because of their sins and give them pardon and peace. Let us pray to the Lord. That Christ, who welcomed the repentant thief upon the cross, may open the gates of paradise to us as well. Let us pray to the Lord. Father of mercies, we ask that you hear our prayers, and since we have known the love of your Son, made manifest in his glorious death, grant that we may rejoice fully in his gifts, through Christ our Lord. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands, that will become for us the bread of life. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine and work of human hands that will become our spiritual drink. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. We offer, O Lord, the sacrifice of our Lenten observance, praying that it may make our intentions acceptable to you and add to our powers of self-restraint. Through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. 
lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for you will that our self-denial should give you thanks, humble our sinful pride, contribute to the feeding of the poor, and so help us imitate you who in your kindness. And so we glorify you with countless angels, as with one voice of praise we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Tecus Sabaot, Plenis Unceli et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy, and you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. Mysterium fidei, mortem tuam, annunciamus Domine, et tuam, resurrectionem confitegemur, 
Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you willed to reconcile us to yourself, grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, and with all the saints, on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world, be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory, through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Degegi, qui tolis peccata mundi, Miserere nobis, Agnus Degegi, qui tolis peccata mundi, 
miserere nobis, agnus degegi, quid holis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. For those who are unable to receive our Lord sacramentally in Holy Communion, we invite you to pray the act of spiritual communion with us. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The body of Christ. The body of Christ. O Lord, make known to me your ways, and teach me your paths. O Lord, make known to me your ways, teach me your paths. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. O Lord, make me know your ways, teach me your paths. Let us pray. We pray, Almighty God, that through partaking of this mystery, we may be cleansed from all our misdeeds, and so be suited for the remedies of your compassion. Through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Bow down for the blessing. For your mighty deeds, O Lord of mercy, may your people offer endless thanks and by observing the age-old disciplines along their pilgrim journey, may they merit to come and behold you forever through Christ our Lord. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you.
The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee, through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating the culture of life, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.